Sure. We serve an amazing God. Eh? An amazing, amazing God that loves, redeems, restores, puts the broken into family. And I just, you know, I just picked up on one thing. I said, you know, church is full of hypocrites. We are. Because we don't practice what we preach. Because we don't do what the message tells us to do. We sit Sunday after Sunday, listen to preachers and get fatter and fatter and fatter. And yet we don't go and we don't take the word of God out and apply it and live it out. And we need to, we need to adjust. We do. And we need to find Jesus. And my prayer this morning is that as we, I mean, as we gather together and really, I mean, even like, why do we do this? Why, 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 why do we do what we do? Why do we gather? Why do we just get together on a Sunday and sing a few songs and worship Jesus and dance around? Like from the outside, it must look very weird. I think Christians sometimes are the strangest looking characters ever. <laughs> we, we, we're a bunch of nutjobs. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing a beanie. And please excuse it because if I take it off, my hair's like all skiff because it, <laughs> it's keeping me warm. You don't want to see. So I'm going to keep it on because you might get horribly distracted by my hair. But it really, yeah, man, it, we, we serve an amazing God. That, that just loves us so much. And that, that following him is just, it's just worth it. It totally is worth it. And, and like I, I alluded to, we, we've had the privilege of, well, I've had the privilege of knowing Jesus most of my life and, and serving in the, in the kingdom and serving alongside with an incredible bunch of men and women in Joshua generation for the last 20 years. Um, been on eldership now for about 15 years in Josh Gen and, and, We've seen a lot, we've, we've done a lot, we've, we've been in a lot of places. We actually were here in Oatsun for almost a year. Yeah. So I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing faces. Ulrich, <laughs> so good to see you, bud. It's so good to see you. And uh, Dirk and Mandy and Segi, the rest of us. And it's just, and then some old faces from Cape Town, Alan, <laughs> hiding there. He's the only buddy that actually we have something in common. Like whenever, when I met Alan, he had this top with a, with a, a Marla Marla written on it. And I was like, he's got it. He's got it. He's got, he's got, he's got the other one. He's got the other one. I was like, man, he must have been where I was, but he, he was involved with, with nature conservation and, and, and tourism. So it's, it's so lack. And, and Bernard and, and Simone, Simone, I oh, think get it right. Simone. Yeah. <laughs> Just opening your home. And so, yeah, it's just, it's been a real joy just serving on Andrew's team for 15 years, just serving and being part of what God has called us to. Obviously, like I mentioned, we had, we had about a year or so, uh, just under a year here with, with the guys in Oatsun. We were in Mossel Bay before that. And now we're in George. And before that, we were in Cape Town. Actually, we had two stints in Cape Town. I started off in Cape Town and a year and a half ago, after being in Cape Town for five years, Andrew asked us to, to move to George. And to be part of the work there. And it is such a joy and such a pleasure to be part of this thing called church and this thing called Joshua Generation. I tell you, I wouldn't change it for the world. And I know guys are like, you guys think you're it. Um, with great humility, <laughs> I think God is doing something in and through us as a movement of churches and as, as a body that is transforming the world 
and transforming people into the likeness of Jesus. He's using people like Sergei Mon, I know, to the police force. He's using people like Loria, and she does work with OM, hey? <clears throat> Before it was with OM, but, but even now in George, she, she ministers in the, on the streets and, and with the ladies on the streets. And, you know, God's taking people from different walks and different spheres and knitting us together and saying, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My kingdom come. And we need to be living for eternity. We need to be living for this thing of eternity. Uh, that this Christ, the hope of glory, set before us that is that is why we live that is why we do this we don't do this i mean if, if we just do this out of a sense of duty if we come just because this what die dominee sê ek moet doen elke sondag om met kerk te gaan en ons moet ons tiende gee you know, we give our tent we you know man we we missing the boat we missing the boat so just want to get my bible and my notes So you'll forgive me for preaching off my laptop. It's just that I wasn't totally, I was still busy working on it and I didn't know whether I'd have a printer to print out something. So give me a second. So this morning, just in preparation for this morning, the, the Lord laid two scriptures on my heart. And the more I mulled over them, the more I was like, yo, God, okay, what are you saying? And what are you wanting to say to us as a body? And every time we share around the word, we've got to, we've got to just stop and just take a moment to just listen to what the word says. And, and I, and I think what I want to share, I almost felt that in a sense, God was wanting us to come and prepare a, a prepare ground for Russell and Jenny this coming week with you guys. Oh, wow, I just felt it this morning. I said, like, God, me, Chad, like, what have I got to share? I'm, le- yes, I'm leading a congregation. I'm, I'm traditionally known as the worship leader. I don't, you know, preaching's not one of my, um, like, primary things I do. I mean, I do do it now, and I love doing it. I must be honest, I've really grown in love preaching, but I love to lead worship. I love to lead people into the presence of God. And, like, even Thomas said to me, you're going to lead worship? And I said, no, I can't do everything this morning. <laughs> Otherwise, it becomes the Chad show. <laughs> we don't want it to become the Chad show. It's the Jesus show. It's, it's all about Him. And, um, and as I, so I was, when I was waiting on the Lord, I thought, like, God, what is it? Why, why have we come here? And I really felt that God wanted us to prepare a soil for Russell and Jenny. As they come and minister to you guys this coming week. I think they come on Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday. And they're with you guys Thursday, Friday. And I would encourage you guys. I don't know what meetings you've got planned. I don't know how open it is to everyone. Is there, is there, is there a moment? Friday evening. Combined. I want to say now, please do not miss Friday night. Okay, hear me now in the Lord Jesus. All right. This is, do not miss Friday night. If you've got a... There's, uh, there's, so there's no communities this Wednesday. You guys are all coming together on Friday night. Seriously, if you've got a hair appointment, cancel it. If you were going to study, study on Thursday night. Kids, you young teenagers, I know you, some of you guys are in exams. Study Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so Friday's open. Honestly, hear me in the Lord Jesus. Do not miss the time with Russell and Jenny. He's a father in the faith. He comes in as an apostolic voice into us. He's an amazing, amazing gift to the body of Christ. So I would encourage you strongly in the Lord not to miss the time with them on Friday night. 
But leading up to the time with them, I, I've got two scriptures I'm going to, I want to read and, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk a bit about them. So I'm, I'm going to read my first scripture because this was the first one that came to my mind in preparing. And it's out of the book of James chapter one, verse 19 to 25. And we can put it up there and it says, know this, my, well, let me pray first. Lord Jesus, I pray this morning that as we, we share around the word and as I preach, Lord, that your heart for us as your church would come out. Lord, it wouldn't be Chad's words, it wouldn't be uh, Chad's ideas, but it would be your heart for us as your people, your heart for us as your chosen called out ones. Lord, I pray right now that the Spirit of God would penetrate our lives and even off the back of Luria's testimony, that even right now, Lord, that it would just, there would be a, 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 an awareness in our hearts of your goodness, of your faithfulness and of what you've called us to as your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Know this. Actually, why don't you read it, Noah? Stand up and read it. <laughs> know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the, implant, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, uh, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. (laughs) And then the second scripture is Matthew chapter 7. And I want to take it from verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. I'm sure many of you guys grew with that song. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house. Some of you go like, what? I grew up in Sunday school singing that song. And the rains came down. And Anyway, remember that song? It was drilled into us, eh? No, no, guys, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what church you were in. I remember that song so clearly. And I looked at the scripture, and these two scriptures for me, obviously, 
just uh, <clears throat> the book of Matthew and uh, chapter chapter uh, chapter seven, verse twenty-four. That well, from twenty-one. Those are the closing words of Jesus after the Sermon on the Mount. You all know the Sermon, the Beatitudes, where he brings out these whole long list of amazing things where he almost uh, brings the law in and he, and he lifts up the standard, he lifts up the bar, and he says like a number of things, and then he closes it off with this piece of scripture. And then in the book of James, we see James alluding to this. Now, the, the, the book of James was actually written by the brother of Jesus. And so he would have spent a lot of time with Jesus. He would have spent many, I'm sure they, 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 I'm sure they could have had lots of conversations together with his brother. And, and I'm sure there was an intimacy that they shared. And I'm sure that James had many insights into some of Jesus' teachings that maybe that he wouldn't have shared with others. But I, I love the fact that James picks up on the similar, the similar thing of, of being hearers and well, not only hearers, but doers. And, and that was really the, the, the message I felt for, for us as a congregation. And, and I, I was like, okay, because I've actually, I taught this before about a year ago in, in George. Um, and I, and I just, when I was preparing, I saying, okay, God, what is in your heart for, for Oatsun? Because I, I don't want to just preach something for the sake of preaching it. I don't want to just give you a lack of word and scope it at the ballpark and then on schaan to. Because if, if we come with just good preachers, and are not transformed by the word of God, I think this is what it's talking about. That my heart and my desire is that for every single one of us here, and not just this morning, but that every single time we sit under the word of God, we would be transformed. That we would be changed. That we would no longer be the same person that we were a few moments earlier. That is the heart of this. And this is what Jesus was saying. He was saying, my, my children, my people, like, he says, this is, this is what you've got to, you've got to just, and he, and he always shares in these, these beautiful stories and he, he shares in these, these wonderful pictures. That, that was what Jesus was, was really good at doing. And he uses this analogy of the wise man and the foolish man. And I look at that and I say, hang on a sec. So you say, if I just, if I'm the wise man, or the foolish man. We, we, what am I? Who am I? Am I, am I wise or am I foolish? Because if I'm foolish, he's basically saying, I'm not one who applies his word to my life. Foolish. Dof. Yeah, it's more stupid. I can't so plain Afrikaans so then it's got all my frustration. If you don't, basically that's what he's saying. If you don't apply my word to your life and allow it to change you and transform you, and I think we as we're in a we're in an age where where words come and words go, and knowledge comes and knowledge goes. How's this for a fun fact? A fun fact. We probably send about a, million, a billion emails a day. Information. That's far more than ten times the population of the entire world. You know that there are over 500 new books published each day. The number of text messages, six trillion. I, I, I can't remember the one fact, but they said if you had to sit and watch the amount of YouTube clips, you, you, you'd, you'd, never get through, you'd never get through them in your entire life. There are more YouTube clips uploaded onto the internet in a day than you could ever watch in your entire life. 
if we take the year that Christ was born as our starting point, it took 1,500 years for knowledge to double. The next doubling took 250 years. The next 150 years it doubled. By the end of World War II, which is in the 1940s, knowledge had doubled. Knowledge was doubling every 25 years. Today, knowledge doubles in 12 months. And this was about six years ago. (laughs) Okay. Can you imagine that now knowledge is probably doubling every three months? That is the amount of information we have at our fingertips. Message. And, and I, 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 I'm astounded how much there is. But so, so we're bombarded. We're, we're living in, an, in, a, in a society and in a, in a day and age where information is overload and overload and overload and overload. How many times have you received a text and not actually really read it properly? <laughs> Skimmed over it. Like it's a, like we, we often have these groups. I mean, I hate groups, eh? Kind of thing. And there's, a, there's an important message that goes on the group. And then it's like, you were late for the meeting. I didn't get the message. Now, did you read the text? No, but I just saw worship practice. And did you read the rest of it? No. We skim through things. That today we're ensnared and entrapped by this thing of just information and knowledge and just going through things at a rate of knots that we don't stop to, hang on a sec, let me just read it carefully and actually do what it's asking me to do. We're so caught up. And, unfortunately, and so, so here we, we see James talking to a church. We see Jesus talking, and, and we think, man, it was only applicable then. Yeah, no, it's more applicable now <laughs> than then. The fact that we live in a, in, a, in a day and age where information comes and goes like this. And I think we, we, we get caught and we get trapped in the world that when, when there comes a moment when the word of God is preached or when a life-changing revelation is shared, that we then just think, next. And we don't allow that to actually grip our hearts. And so that's why I see this as a, one of those preachers that's preparing your hearts for something more. You know, we, we, we need to have the soil of our heart ready and fertile to receive something so that when the seed is sown, it takes root and the tree can grow. And I believe Russell's going to come with some great stuff. And you're going to sit through time and you're going to go, man, that was incredible. And we're going to carry on with our lives. Or you have an opportunity now already to start preparing your hearts and adjusting your hearts. And it's not only Russell, I'm going to say that. Because I think what happens in church, we get so, uh, like, a, like it's information. It's, it's, and we just get, we come, we sit, we go. We come, we sit, we go. And we never change. We never change. Hey, come on. I mean, I, I think some of the things that have been preached today in even maybe specifically this congregation were preached two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, ten years ago. And, and you wonder, why does he keep on preaching the same thing? Uh, how many of you have heard that there's a classic old story? Um, one of the Baptist church, I don't know, maybe it's an urban myth, but it's a great story to illustrate the point. This guy comes, new pastor gets ordained in a church. You know that 
People are very excited. There's a new pastor in their church. He's wonderful. He's going to share. Man, they've, this old woman that was leading the church for years, hey, was most tough. And on Scotty Middle, you know, there's, there's a new young, fresh guy has come in. And, many, you know, I suppose for many of us, it's like that, you know, he, hey, he's a new guy. What's he going to do? Sweep the room clean. It's going to be exciting. New, fresh preachers. And, yeah, on says rech, on says rech. And he gets up there and he preaches this preach. And he takes that scripture out of, um, out of John. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And he goes on to speak about if you love your neighbor as you love yourself. And just this beautiful message. And everyone's sitting there going, wow, this is good. This is good stuff. This, I'm glad we, I'm glad we've got this preacher. Yeah. We've, we've got a lacquer preacher. He's so no. Hey, you never do him in any case. so. Hey, this is lacquer. And you walk, they walked away from that Sunday feeling, man, they're so glad that the guys got this guy to come and he's their new preacher. It's going to be a great season. Next Sunday comes, gets up and, okay, what's he got for us this morning? What's he got for us this morning? And he preaches the same message. And the guys are going, yo, no, this is a good message. Eh? This is, I didn't hear that last week. It sounds similar because suddenly we're brains flicking. It sounds similar to last week. Is it? Yeah, I oh, know. I remember that script. That's the same scripture. The guys are, okay, that's a great message. Oh, hey, great preach. Go walks out. Thank you, pastor. Wonderful. Wonderful message. We're so great to you with us. Kind of, it's so lovely. Thanks. Next Sunday comes. He preaches the same message. Now the oaks are starting to get a little bit, okay. This was last week's message. Something, something's not like here. This oak. <laughs> What's going on? They, they say, after the service, they go home and they, this is the thing they shouldn't do. Talk amongst each other. Shouldn't do that. But there's one brave person. She says, okay, now I'm gonna, she prays and says, Lord, gotta give me the opportunity. Fourth Sunday. Okay, now they excited. Okay, it's gotta be another, it's gotta be a word. Dominic gets up, preaches the same message. And now, you know, another ex is scratching their heads and they're going, what does this now do so? Die dominee, hy praat die selle ding elke sondag. Elke sondag. Every Sunday, the same message in and out. So this one brave soul who hasn't been part of these other oaks that are skinnering on the side, she, <laughs> she does the right thing. She comes to him and she says, Pastor, man, I haven't got to meet, love you, wonderful, but I just need to ask you this question. Man, you, you, you've been with us four weeks now and you shared the same message now four times in a row. What's with that? And he says, have you got no other messages? He says, no, I've got plenty of messages, but I don't see you guys living out this message. Yo, I don't see you people living out this message. So, and, so this lady, she got it. She, she got what he was trying to say. And I think so often we, we like those people. We, we come in and we, we, you know, we want stuff that makes us, uh, make us feel good. And we want to hear those preachers that tickle our ears. And we want to, we want to be encouraged and we want to be made to feel important and special. But when the Dominic gets up or the pastor gets up and he gives a message that sort of brings a little bit of correction or a little bit of, it's for the person next to me. We don't like to have those hard messages because suddenly now it means I've got to change or do something. Suddenly it means I've got to be somebody else or I've got to put this thing into practice. It's hard. It's interesting out of the scripture. 
that the person who just is a hearer is considered to be someone's foolish. But the person who puts it into practice is considered to be someone wise. And now it's interesting for me that they both build a house. They both build a house. And storms come for both of them. But what is the foundation? The one is the sand representing not doing anything. And the other is the rock, which we think, oh, what's the rock? It's the rock. No, it's not. The rock is them applying their faith. James says a little bit further. He says, you say you've got faith, you say you've got deeds, but show me your works without faith. And What does he say? Faith without works is dead. And I almost feel that this is what he was alluding to in this, it's in this portion of Scripture. He says, if you, you can have faith, but if you're not putting your faith into action, if you're, not, if you're not doing it, you're like that man who builds his house on the sand, and storms will come. We're all going to face challenging times. We're all going to be challenged in our time. We're all going to be challenged with our finances and our resources. We're all going to be challenged with our gifts. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to... Are we going to apply what the Word of God says? And I'm going to show us now how, what, the Lord, what the Word of God says we do with, with that. Or are we just going to go, you know what? That's not me. Because when, we're, when the testing comes, and it will come, it's not maybe. When the testing comes, it will come. How we build and how we apply the Word to our lives is going to be the thing that's going to cause what we've built to stand. Does that make sense? So if you haven't been a person who applies the word of God to your life, and, and I'm going to get to what some of those things, I'm just going to give a few because otherwise we could be all day, we could be here all day. And the point of the fact, the point of the matter is, is that when we apply the word of God to our lives and we put it into practice, when we are tested and when things get rough, we're still standing strong. Thing, we still stand because we're applying the word of God. We, we, our, our, our faith is putting, it's, it's tested. Our faith will be tested. But because we've had experience, because, you know, the, we, we, we put our faith into practice, you know, we've put it into gear. The car has gone forward. You know, now we, we know actually it's proved, tried and tested kind of thing. And that's what he's talking about. You know, people who are, who are doers, are people that are obedient, people of integrity, people that are wise, and people that are blessed. How many of us want to be blessed? I want to be blessed. I do. I want to be blessed in what I do. I want, I want the favor of my heavenly father. I want, I want him to smile down on, down on me and to bless everything I do. And how can he bless me if I'm not being faithful with what he's asking me to do? So, I mean, I've probably got your brains racking here. Because, okay, so what have I not done? <laughs> what is he saying that I haven't done? Because I know straight away that's the first thing we're going, man, what, what must we do? What must we do? Well, I think there are a number of things that we as a body and 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 I, and I'm and I, I, I we could spend many hours of going through things and just self-analyzing and saying when that like I didn't do that or maybe I should have done this, but there's one thing that for me is probably the most important thing, and that is I love one for another. 
You know, the Bible speaks about love. It speaks about um, the new commandment. And Jesus speaks about, in John, he speaks about this thing. is if you love me, you will obey my commandments. But to love God and to obey his commandments, the, one of the, the most important things is to love one another. And I think we, in a, because we, we, we're so used to saying, actually, fear, bro, love you, give But what about love in action? Putting our love into action. What does that look like? Because it's all very well to come to church on a Sunday and have a cup of coffee and love the guys that are struggling a bit. And, but what about through the rest of the week? How are we loving one another? How are we expressing this thing of love one to another? It's got to start with a heart change as well. It's got to start in our lives. We've got to look at our own and say, well, okay, Jesus, this is your commandment. How do I put this into practice? And that's, I think that is one of the beautiful things about being in a family that preaches and speaks a lot on New Testament values and living this thing of New Testament Christianity, being devoted one to another, because we can't be devoted to one another unless we love one another. So we speak about devotion, and Acts 2.42 is the favorite scripture that uh, comes out. And I'm sure Stefan has shared it with you many times. And it's like, we were devoted, they devoted themselves to fellowship. How can you be devoting yourself to fellowship if you're not loving one another? We talk about fellowship, that's hanging out in one another's homes. And, and this thing gets, uh, it's, it's a way of life, of living, I mean, how many of us are Consistently living in one another's homes and having people in our homes for meals, having people in our, and I, I might be going against the culture of Otsun here, but this is a biblical culture that we need to emulate. So yes, we speak about loving one another, but don't come into my home for a meal. I'll come to you, but don't come to me. So do you, and I love you. No, but you're not showing love by making a meal for me. Another, like having people stay over, hosting people. That's like another one. We talk about, we love the body of Christ, but, but don't come into my house because this is my house. It's not your house. It's his house. You're just a steward of it. And we, we, we sit Sunday after Sunday and we hear these things have been devoted to the apostolic. Guys, Russell's going to be here. And we go, no, that's not for me. But do you love Russell? Well, I don't know Russell. Huh? But do you love Stefan? Do you love the eldest? Do you, do you love one another? Do you love Jesus? Because his word says be devoted. If you love Jesus, you will obey his commands. I hope that's, I hope that's not been a heavy, but I want you to see the life of this thing because we, we, we're going forward as a body of believers, of people who, who are exp- expanding God's kingdom. And if all we ever do is come here on a Sunday and get fat on Scripture and never live it out, we're going to be fat Christians. We're going to get, you know what happens? The more we eat, the lazier we get. We can't get off that couch. We can't. It's even an exercise to get the remote, to change the channel. About, how old am I now? I'm 44 now. So about 11 years ago, I made a decision to get healthy and to get fit. I was. I considered myself to be uh, not of the recommended BMI. 
<laughs> it was mean. My brother said I was just a lazy, good for nothing, <laughs> sitting on my bum couch potato. A good friend of mine was going for it in Iron Man, and I was like, come on, what's wrong with you? Like, what's up with you? And I decided to get fit. I decided to change my diet. I decided to get into the gym and to go and exercise. And I decided to start running. I decided to start cycling. Yeah, I was, that's how I had always been as a young boy kind of thing and as a young man. And married life had been too good to be true. (laughs) I decided to change things in my, in my, in my life. And I haven't looked back. And I, I still to this day, I love running. I love getting out into the mountain and into the forest and enjoying God's creation. But I had to apply it. It was no good me just sitting there going, yeah, lekker, lekker, yeah, one day. No, I actually had to apply it to my life. Yeah, we can sit there and go, great one, Stefan, that's for you. You know, Stefan gets up here or whoever gets up and preaches, yeah, that's, that's for you. No, 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 guys, this is for us. This is for us. This is for us. This is us. 101 Christianity, if we love him, we will obey his commands. He says, be devoted to me. Are we devoted to him? What does that mean to be devoted to Jesus? Are we devoted to the the one thing that he is most devoted to? The church. The church is that one thing that Jesus is most devoted to. You know, he's coming back for his church. He's not coming back for the unbeliever. Just a little... By the way, he came the first time for the lost. He's coming back for his church. That's you and me. And those that we get in with us. We have a responsibility. And and that doesn't mean we necessarily have to be out in the police force like Segi and Mane. We don't have to be out there necessarily, but in our workplace. Wherever God has put you, you need to be sharing the gospel. You need to be living this thing. When, when guests come into town and, and like, I know there's a couple of guys coming this week and hosting is like, the guys say, hey guys, we need a few hosts. And all we hear is crickets. <laughs> guys, that's part of how we obey. The, that's how part of how we are devoted to the body of Christ is that we open our homes, we open our hearts one to another and we welcome them in as strangers and we, we take them in and we, we love on them and we show them the love of Jesus. That's being doers of the word. Hearers of the word just going, right, that's not for me, that's for the next guy. Hearers of the word just, yeah, they nod their head and they're like, yeah, do me yeah, yeah. Yeah, do me yeah, it is hard. Am I, I, I'm probably hitting some big cars here. Am I, am I steering? Am I steering? I'm steering. I can because I'm leaving after lunch. <laughs> but I hope I'm stirring your hearts for more because this is what the, the finished work of the cross that Loria speaks about. The very fact that, that here is a woman who has gone through, has made many bad decisions in her life and just really come to a point of absolute brokenness suddenly has a revelation of Jesus and gives her whole life to him. Gives her whole life to him. Not just a part of her life. She is full-time in the ministry. She runs a coffee shop that supports her. She's full-time in the ministry, just like each and every one of you should be. Each and every one of us should be full-time there serving God. Our business, our work, whatever it is, supports us so that we can serve God full-time. 
What is, uh, but I, I don't have a ministry. I'm not gifted. Yes, you are. You have a home. You have a car. You have a smile on your face. Like some of you guys are sitting there, yeah, but I don't have a, I've got, I live in a one bedroom flat. I met a guy a couple of weeks ago. I was blown away by his story. They came and they spent some time with us. He was a student. He was sharing at digs with three other, or two or three other guys. He came and there was a team of guys visiting their congregation. And he couldn't wait to give up his bed for this guest. He, he got a blow up mattress. I don't know. Or maybe got some blankets and put them on the floor. And he gave this guy his bed. He's sharing a commune with other students. And he did this. That, that for me is doing Christianity. Not just hearing Christianity. We get, so, we, you know, this is, the, for me, we could spend hours talking about how we should be doing things. We could, how, and, and even, I guess, the thing about, uh, I picked up on that thing about a church is full of hypocrites. Yes, it is. So many people going, Ya do many desrach! And not going out and applying the word. That's a hypocrite. If you hear something, it, it, like it, it, oh, I agree with you, and you walk out and you're the same person, not changed, that's a hypocrite. It's not, it's not always necessarily someone saying something and doing something else. It's somebody saying something and not doing anything at all. That's also a hypocrite. And yet, we, we, you know, we get up and, and we, we sing these songs of, Here I am, Lord, all of you, less of me. Take me and use me. And we sing these beautiful songs. Do you know what you're singing? And we, sing, and, and we pray these prayers. God, I want to be used by you. I want, I want you to take me and use me. And six months down the line, things just go pear. And, and we wonder, we forget. And, and, and before, actually, we can't join the dots that we'd actually ask God to use us. And he actually is now using you. Because he, in order for him to use you, he needs to just get rid of some of this other stuff. And the blessing that you're going to be is more than what you... Sometimes we're a bit doof. I'm doof. I'm really doof sometimes. And please, I hope this does not offend. If it does offend you, come and talk to me afterwards and, and you can, we, can have a, we can have a chat. You, you're welcome to come and speak. I, I, I do this and I share these things because this is how I've lived my life. I, you know, I have never held on to my, my, my house, my car, my, my food. I mean... Every month, we've got people in our home, just about three or four times a week, we've got people in our home we're feeding. That, you know, my, my food bill, I can't keep up right now. It's like, Jesus, you've got to help us somehow. And he does. Every month he comes through. Every month he comes through because we are feeding so many people. It's ridiculous. Like, you know, the, the, it, it is. Because, and I say, you know, it's not mine. It's his. It's his. You know, my electricity bill doubles. It's okay. It's not mine. It's his. I'm just a steward. I've just been given these things to just manage for now. And at the end of the day, why? It's because I'm growing, I'm extending his kingdom. I'm, I'm just extending his kingdom. So you guys have an opportunity this week coming with Russell and Jen and the team to, to connect with other Josh Jenners and to build family and to, to, to almost look outside of you. I mean, even now with this morning, there's about, how many of us here? About 10, 15 of us. For us to build and connect and, and just build relationship and, to realize that it's more than just Otsun. It's more than just George. It's more than just Cape Town. It's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. His glory. His fame. His glory. I'm not building my kingdom. I'm not getting paid extra for saying this. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, like I would do it even if I wasn't paid. 
That needs to be our attitude. That needs to be our heart. We do and we love passionately because Jesus paid the greatest price. He paid the greatest price. I think if he can take someone like Luria and rescue him, rescue her, man, he can do it to any one of us. Any one of us. He, he's, he's so worth it. He is so worth it. It's for his glory. For his glory. For his glory. Can you just meditate on that for a moment? Why, why do we do this? Why do we do this? We don't do it for man. We don't do it for, for any other reason but for his glory. You know, I, I love John Piper. He's one of my favorite teachers out there. And he has an incredible saying. It says, I am most satisfied in him when he is most glorified in me. He, spin it the other way around, he is most glorified in me. And I am most satisfied in him. Are you satisfied in him? Are you satisfied in him? Sitting here this morning, why don't we just... Just take a moment just to meditate on that. Are you satisfied in Jesus? I, I know Loria is because in, she is so satisfied with her Savior because he changed her life. I know Bernard is, is because he's a walking miracle. I know I am. I'm a walking miracle. I think most of us, all of us here are walking miracles. That Jesus in his grace and mercy would choose to take us out of the muck and the mire and the clay and put our feet on solid ground. That Jesus in his grace and his mercy would stop. I mean, Ulrich, walking miracle. Walking miracle. Every one of us have a story. Even every one of us have a revelation of what it is to be saved by grace. So why is it then that when he speaks to us, we choose to ignore it? We choose to disobey. We choose to be doof. We need to change our posture of our hearts to one of, Lord, I've given my life to you. I've surrendered my life to you. I want to be a true believer. Let me be one who applies the word to my life. Let my faith be put into action. So Lord, I pray that right now. Let's just, just take a moment just to come before our Father. And you know, I, I, this isn't supposed to be a heavy in any way. This is actually life because it's the Word of God. It's in, I mean, I love this because I get challenged, I get spurred, and I go, man. And James's heart in this as well was to encourage. It's not to feel, if you haven't got this right, you know, the amazing thing is that that's the work of the cross is we go, you know, Lord, I haven't lived according to this. I haven't done this. I haven't been one who lives according to a man who built his house on the, on the, on the rock of this thing of being, you know, I, I, I want to be like that man who builds my house on the rock. I don't want to, I don't want to be washed away when, when the tough time comes. I want to stand strong and I want to, be recognized. And, and I want to go back to that little bit of scripture earlier. Just stay in this place of pondering. Don't look around.
I, I, I want you, when I one day come to heaven, I want Jesus to, to, to look at me, to hold, hold my face in his hand. He's like, you know, just grab my face and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. I don't want this to be for nothing. I don't want this to be for nothing. You know, if this thing isn't, um, Loria just reminded me, and it's great, I just want to emphasize, if this thing isn't grounded and rooted in love, it's useless. Absolutely useless. And that's what I alluded to, is this thing of, do we love Jesus? Do we love Jesus? We will obey his commands. Do we love his word? Do we love him? Because if we love him, we will be devoted to him. Set aside, set apart solely for his use. I, I tell you, I just, uh, after that, that verse 21 of Ch- Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven on that day. Many will say, Lord, Lord, we did not prophesy in your name, cast out demons. And do many mighty works in your name, and the Lord will declare, I never knew you. I don't want to, I don't want to get to heaven one day and, and realize I've run this race in vain. But if we do the will of the Father, are we doing the will of the Father, church? Are we loving more than in our word, but in our action, in our deed? Are we doing more than just saying it and looking at each other and going, ah, I love you, but love in our action. 